Matthew chapter number 16. I had not planned on preaching this tonight, but right before I left the house, the Lord said, put this message in your Bible. The fact of the matter is I have not preached this message, I don't think in 15 years, but the Lord said, put this message in your Bible. And so I learned a long time ago, just obey the Lord. And uh, I do, no, I'm good now, I think. And uh, my earpiece will get in there in a minute here. And uh, Matthew chapter number 16, is that all right, preacher? I look goofy. Come help me for a minute here. We'll let you, we'll let you help me. Matthew chapter number 16. There we go. Small ears. Yeah. How many are thankful for friends that tell you when you got a booger on your face? Amen. So what is Yeah. Praise God. My goodness. I'm going to tell you tonight. I'm going to just be honest with you. Uh, we're just going to lift up Jesus tonight. And uh, I don't know of a better subject. I don't know of a better subject to preach about. I don't know of a greater person I could preach about tonight. I don't know of a greater savior. And if you ever find one, you let me know about it because they've been searching for over 2,000 years for a better savior. And they haven't found one yet. And I plan on worshiping him a little bit tonight. And you may not get in on this. Maybe it's just for me and him tonight. Maybe it's just to remind me of how good he is. Maybe it's just to encourage the heart of this preacher tonight, but I want to lift him up for a little while and, and uh, we'll see what God does. Matthew chapter number 16, the Bible says in Matthew 16, verse number 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist and some Elias and or Jeremiah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets and, and he said unto them, "But whom say ye that I am?" Yeah. That's an important question. Yeah. Not what does everybody else think about Jesus, but what do you think about Jesus? Yeah. Could I say to you, Bethel Baptist Church and those that have joined us tonight, what you think of Jesus makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. What you think of Jesus, sir, will make a difference or whether you think church is important or not. Because we know that the Bible says he gave himself, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, that he might purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. We know that he said, the husbands love your wives as Christ so loved the church who gave himself for it, that he might present it unto himself a spotless a bride without spot or blemish. What you, deter, what you think of Jesus tonight, young sir, young man that's in here tonight and you, want, you have your own plans for your life and you've got your own direction for your life, can I tell you what, make, what you think of Jesus tonight, young man, will determine what you will do for the rest of your life. Ma'am, what you decide to do with Jesus tonight will determine whether you are in church five weeks from now, five years from now, or 50 years from now. Whom say ye that he is. And the Bible says in verse number 16, oh, what a great answer. And Simon Peter answered and said unto him, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, 
For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Peter, that I say unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, not Peter, but upon the rock that Jesus is who he said he was, he can do what he said he can do, and he will return like he said he will return. And he said, based upon that, you see, Peter means little pebble, means little stone. And Jesus was making a play on words here. He was saying, Peter, it is not built upon you. It is not even built upon your opinion of me, but you just so happen to have the right opinion of me. And that is what I'm going to build my church upon. He said, listen to this. The gates of hell will not prevail against that. But whom say ye that he is tonight? will determine whether you have revival when we leave this church. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would help me, God, to lift up Jesus tonight. Lord, I don't take this responsibility very lightly. I don't take it with any, any amount of pride whatsoever. Lord, I take it as a great responsibility that I represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. May you magnify him tonight. God, would you, as the songwriter put it, hide me behind the cross so that the world will see only him. And Lord, I pray that you'd make us different tonight because of lifting up Jesus. You said if he be lifted up, he would draw all men unto himself. And Lord, I pray right now, God, if there's any unsaved in this building, Lord, may we make the Savior so sweet. May we make them so comely. May we make them so beautiful that they couldn't help but to fall on their knees and call upon him to save their souls. Lord, for the Christian tonight, I pray that if any of us have been cold or distant or apathetic, that we would see Jesus high and lifted up tonight and we would be renewed unto him to serve him once again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. More than 1,900 years ago, there was born a man contrary to the laws of life and the rules of nature. He lived in poverty and was reared in obscurity. He had, he had traveled extensively, not traveled extensively, only crossing his home country one time, and that was in early childhood. His parents were inconspicuous and uninfluential. They had neither training nor they had a great education. But we're talking about Jesus tonight. In infancy, he startled the king. In childhood, he puzzled the doctors. And in manhood, he ruled the course of nature, walking upon the billows as a pavement and hushing the sleep, seas to sleep. He healed the multitudes and never charged for his services. He never wrote a book, and yet all the libraries of the world cannot contain the books that have been written about him. He never wrote a song, and yet he has been the theme for more song than any songwriter combined. He never founded a college, and yet no school can boast of having as many students as he does. He never practiced medicine, and yet he has healed more broken hearts than any doctor far and near. He never marched in an iron he fired a gun nor drafted a soldier and yet no other leader has had more volunteers win battles without a shot ever being fired we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and though 1900 years almost 2000 years have passed since the scene of his crucifixion and us meeting in church tonight yet he still lives and I want you to know tonight that Satan could not seduce him Herod could not kill him the grave could not hold him and death could not destroy him but he stands is the highest example of heavenly glory proclaimed of God, acknowledged by angels, feared by the demons of hell, and adored by the saints of God. 
We're talking about Jesus tonight. Do you know him? Do you love Jesus tonight? To the artist, he is the one altogether lovely. To the astronomer, he's the son of righteousness. Uh, To the architect, he is the blueprint of perfection. To the baker, he is the living bread. To the banker, he is the settler of our accounts. Oh, there was a time on earth when in the book of heaven, an old account was standing for sins yet unforgiven. And my name was at the top and many things below. But I went unto the keeper and I settled it long ago. The old account was large and growing every day because I was always sinning and I never tried to pay. But then I looked ahead and saw such pain and woe. And I said that I was settled and I settled it long ago, long ago down on my knees. Long ago I settled it all. And I'm so glad he is a settler of my account tonight. To the biologist, he's the life from which all life issues forth. To the builder, he is the sure foundation. To the carpenter, he is the door. To the doctor, he is the great physician. To the educator, he is the truth and the master teacher. To the engineer, he is the new and living way. To the farmer, hey, we got some farmers in here tonight. To the farmer, he is the sower and he is the Lord of the harvest. To the florist, he is the lily of the valley. He is the rose of Sharon. To the geologist, he is the rock of ages and the cleft for me. To the horticulturist tonight, he is the true vine. To the immunologist, he is the one in whose blood can heal all impurities. To the juror, he is the true and faithful witness. To the judge, he is the righteous judge and the judge of all men. The judge of all the earth. To the jeweler tonight, he is the pearl of great price. To the king, he is the king of Lord and the one who rules in righteousness. To the lawyer, he is the advocate. I'm so thankful tonight. The Bible says, my son, write I unto you that ye sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ the righteous. To the mason tonight, he is a chief cornerstone. And the stone not made with hands. To the newspaperman, he is the good tidings of great joy. To the optometrist, he is the light of the eyes. To the philanthropist, he is the gift of God. To the preacher, he is the word of God. To the sculptor tonight, he is the living stone and the stone that was hewn out of the mountain. To the student, he is the incarnate truth. To the sinner, he is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the entire world. To the statesman, he is the desire of all nations. To the servant, he is the good master. To the theologian tonight, he is the author and finisher of our faith. To the umpire tonight, he is the one that is waiting for us to come home. To the vacationer, he is the one that we go to for rest. To the waiter, he is the one who took upon himself the form of a servant. To the x-ray machinist, he is the searcher of the hearts of men. To the zoologist, he is the only one that is able to make us a new creature in himself. Who is he? He's the advocate. He's the anointed. He's the author. He's the amen. He's the alpha. He's the ancient of days. He's the author of our faith. He is the beginning. He is the begotten. He is the beloved. He is the bright and morning star. He is my counselor. He is the covenant. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the Christ.
He's the daysman. He's the day star. He's my deliverer. He's the door. He's the desire of all nations tonight. Do you know him? Do you love him? He is elect. He is ensign. He is Emmanuel. He is the everlasting father. He is the father. He is the finisher. He is my friend. Did you hear us tonight? You say, but I don't know if I have a friend in this world. Well, I'm going to tell you tonight, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you know a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a friend that loves at all times. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a friend tonight. He is faithful. He's the faithful witness. He is the fountain of life. He is my guard. He is my guide. He is my governor. He is my guarantee of eternal life. And he is God. He's heir of all things. He's high priest. He's hell's dread. He's heaven's wonder. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is the I am tonight. Somebody said one time, they said, well, when did God start? But I'm going to tell you tonight, God has no start. He has no end. He has no beginning. He always was. He always is. And he will always be to come because he is the I am tonight. He is the image of God's person. He is immortal. He is invisible. He is the intercessor. He is the judge. He is the just one. He is king. He is king of kings. He's king of Salem. He is the king of peace. He is the king everlasting. He is the king of glory. And he is the king of righteousness. He's light. He's light. And he's love. He is the lily, he is the lamb, he is the lawgiver, and he is the living stone tonight. He's the lovely Lord. He's the Lord most precious. He's the Lord most wonderful. He's the Lord our righteousness. He's the Lord of Seboeth. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the messenger, the mediator, the master. He is the Nazarite. He's the Nazarene, excuse me. He is the number one in time and eternity. He's the offspring of David. He's the only begotten of the Father. He is the one that is altogether lovely. He is priest. He is the prophet. He is the potentate. He is the physician. He is the prince of peace and the prince of life. And he is the propitiation for our sins only and for the sins of the entire world. He's the quickener of those who are dead in trespasses and sins. He is righteousness, he is rabbi, he is ransom, he is the refuge, he is the root of David, he is the root of Jesse, he is the sufferer, he is the savior, he is the Shiloh, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the teacher, he is the truth, he is the tabernacle, he is the testator, he is the tree of life, he is unsearchable, he is unmatched, and ladies and gentlemen, tonight, he is still undefeated. I love how Phil Cross put it, he's the all-time undisputed champion of love. He is the virgin-born son of God. He is the way, he is the witness, he is the wonder, he is the wonder of wonders, he is the word, he is X, he is the unknown factor that it took to save our souls. He's the yearner for the souls of man. He is the zenith of all my hopes and aspirations in this world and the world to come. 
I think if you go to the Bible and you ask who he is, who is he, John the Baptist? He is the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Who is he, Peter? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Who is he, John? He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one who we will bow down and worship for all of eternity. He is the one that is tabernacled with man. And he is the one, John says, that is coming quickly. Who is he, Paul? He is the head of the church. Who is he, Paul? In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Who is he, Matthew? He's Emmanuel. Who is he, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 26? Call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He is Jesus. Who is he, David? The Lord is my shepherd. Who is he, David, in Psalm chapter 22? He's the one who will cry out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Thou will not suffer my soul in hell, but he's also the one. David said, the the king of glory will come in one day as the righteous gates are opened in Jerusalem. Who is he, Moses? The I am has sent me. Who is he, Pilate? He is the one in whom I find no fault. Who is he, Isaiah? He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father, and he's the prince of peace. Who is he, Judas? Who is he, Judas? He's the one through whose veins is coursing innocent blood. Who is he, thief on the cross? If you're the son of God, save us in thyself. Who is he, the other thief on the cross? He's the one I want to remember me when he goes into paradise. Who is he, Thomas? After you've doubted him and said he didn't, he wasn't even risen. My Lord and my God. Who is he? Two disciples on the road to Emmaus there. I don't know who he is. I didn't recognize him. But did not our hearts burn within us when he talked with us, by the way? You may be sitting here tonight and you're not even saved. You don't know who he is. But we've been preaching about him tonight. And we've been singing about him. And we've been lifting him up. And you may not even know who he is. But you know that your heart is burning within you when he's sung about him and when he's preached. Who is he? The angels of heaven. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Who is he, Heavenly Father? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Oh, I love singing about him tonight. If you go to the songbook, you'll find him there. Who is he, Mr. Edward Perrinet? All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Let every kindred, every tribe on this celestial ball bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Who is he? Ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye ransomed from the fall. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. Who is he, Fanny Crosby? Praise him. Praise him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. They asked Fanny Crosby one time, they said, Fanny Crosby, if you could have one wish, what would it be? 
And you would think she was blind, she was, a, she was born with sight, but because of an infection in her eyes, her doctor got it wrong and she ended up getting the wrong treatment for her eyesight as a little bitty baby girl. And she went blind, never to see again from the time she was, I mean, just months old. And they asked her one day, they said, Miss Fanny Crosby, they said, what would, you, what would you want if you could have one wish, if you could ask God for one thing? And sure enough, everybody thought she would say, listen, I just want to, I just want to be sight. I just want to receive my sight and I want to be able to see my husband and I want to be able to see my kid and I want to be able to see my pastor and I want to be able to see the people's faces as I sing for the glory of God. But Fanny Crosby said, she said, if I could have one wish, it would be to remain blind for the rest of my life so that the first face I ever see and recognize is the Lord Jesus Christ when I get to heaven. Is it any wonder that she wrote, when my life's work is ended and I cross the swelling tide, when the bright and glorious morning I shall see, I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side, and his smile will be the first to welcome me. I shall know him, I shall know him, and redeemed by his side I shall stand. I shall know him by the prince of the nails in his hand. Who is he, steward? Hein. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. And when I think that God, his son, not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. And then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. And I don't think when you get to heaven, you're going to be like a mealy mouth Baptist. Listen, we got enough dead churches around this nation and around the world tonight. Some Baptists are so dead. Spurgeon said this. He said most Baptists would make good martyrs because they, they're so dry they would burn good. Help us. When you get to heaven, some of you are going to think we're going to, listen, some of you are going to think we're going to be old time dead religion when we get to heaven. Listen, I, my one request is that we sing how great thou art when we all gather together there. And I don't think we're going to be like, how great thou art, how great I think one of two things is going to happen. I think we're going to be either be there and I think we're going to be bawling our eyes out or we're going to be shouting ourselves hoarse. And say, then sings my soul, how great thou art, how great thou art. I was, in a, I was in a camp meeting one time, brother. I'm going to tell you tonight, we're about to go camp meeting, praise God. I was in a camp meeting one time. I was down in the state of Tennessee, and there was this 80-year-old couple in there. And oh, it was a brother Berman Cape. He pastored for many years the Bible Baptist Church in Rossville, Georgia. God used him in a great way. Matter of fact, his church right now, they, they're trying to convince me not to come to Canada over here because their Jubilee is the same week as this meeting every year. And he said, he's all oh, forget about Canada. I said, forget about you, bless God. I'm going to Canada. And old brother Berman Cape, his wife's still alive. She's about 90 years old right now. But him and his wife were singing. And she got a little bit happy about Jesus. 
And they were singing about crossing over to the other side. They didn't know it, but old brother Berman Cape, he was about six months about for away from crossing over to the other side. And his wife, 83 years of age, she started getting happy when they sang cross over to the other side of Jordan. Neither half that's never been told, cross over to the other side of Jordan, where my eyes shall behold. And she got to clapping, and she at 83 years of age put this preacher to shame. She started jumping up and down and went, Woo! And I'm going to tell you tonight, some of you dead religion people, when we're over there worshiping Jesus, hey, you're going to feel real out of place. Why? Because we're going to be singing how great thou art to the top of our... Do you think you get annoyed at that person behind you in church that's singing praises to him? What you going to do when there's a million of us singing like that? Nah, 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 nah. We're worshiping him whether you like it or not. Who is he? Who is he? Lee Long? Oh, we sang it tonight. Who is he, Leela Long? There have been names that I have loved to hear. But never has there been a name so dear to this heart of mine as a name divine, the precious, precious name of Jesus. Who is he, Mr. Martin Luther? Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side. The man of God's own choosing. Dost ask whom that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord of Sabbath is his name. From age to age the same. And he must win the battle. Who is he, Mr. Harris? All that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me. And the blessed, fairest of 10,000 my Lord and Savior to me. Who is he, Mr. J. Wilbur Chapman? Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, Jesus. Who is he? I don't agree with all of his doctrine. Who is he, Mr. Bill Gaither? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There is something about that name. Who is he, Mr. Joseph Scrivener? After you have buried two women that you were engaged to and they both died and before you could marry those women, who is he, Joseph Scrivener? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit and oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Who is he, Mr. Will Thompson? Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust him now and I'll trust him when life's fleeting days shall end. When I am sad to him I go. No other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad. He's my friend. Who is he, Mr. Audrey Meyer? His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Jesus our Lord. Bow down before him. Love and adore him. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord. He's the great shepherd, the rock of all ages. Almighty God is he. Bow down before him. Love and adore him. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord. Who is he, Mr. Johnson Oatman, Jr.? There is not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Not else could heal all our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. There's not an hour that he is not near us. No, not one. No, not one. 
No night so dark that his love can't cheer us. No, not one. No, not one. Did e'er a saint find his friend forsake him? No, not one. No, not one. And I like this part. Or sinner find that he would not take him. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. And he will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. You say, Brother Allen, what does all this mean tonight? I believe there can be several responses to this sermon. Several responses. Is it? If I heard him lifted up that high and I wasn't saved, I'd get saved right now. I'd get saved right now. I love the verse that says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. I like Revelation chapter 1 and verse 4. It said he has washed us from our sins in his own blood. Oh, if I wasn't saved tonight, I'd say, man, you made him sound. Listen, there have been times I heard people preach about Jesus, and I'm like, if I wasn't saved, I just feel like getting saved again just because I think I get a little bit more of them. Can I say to you, if you're dependent on anything except for the one I'm preaching about tonight, you're going to split hell wide open. You you can come in your righteousness all you want to. You can help little old ladies across the street. You can try to do the Ten Commandments. You can try to do all that you want to do. But I'm going to tell you, everybody that goes into heaven tonight, they'll come under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that even all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Could you imagine trying to get into heaven someday and say, God, I was baptized in every church in town. Well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go to hell wet tonight you say God I kept every commandment and I, and I knew the law well you're going to go to hell educated tonight because you're only getting into heaven one day one way and that's for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved Amen. if I were you hearing Jesus preach about tonight I'd get saved number two you, number one you can get saved number, number two you can shout you can shout about him we've done a little bit of that already tonight isn't it amazing how, how proud we are of our sports teams so many times? Tell it. Amazing. I used to hate the Dallas Cowboys. You say, why'd you hate the Dallas Cowboys? Because I went to Bible college in Longview, Texas, and I used to hear all these Cowboy fans. And they'd go on and on about the Cowboys and how many, how many Super Bowl rings you got. How many Super Bowl rings you got? And they'd hold up four fingers all the time because they got those stupid, excuse me, four rings on those fingers. And I'd say, shut up. So sick of Dallas Cowboys. I can't stand Dallas Cowboy fans. Then it dawned on me, the Packers were winning world championships before they ever called them the Super Bowl. We've got like eight, nine, or ten of them. We've won the most world championships. That's why it's called the Lombardi Trophy, and we're title town. I said, stick that in your cowboy pipe and smoke it. But we're so proud of our team. Man, when the Packers are on top, we're like, yes, go. I mean, when the, when, the, when the Maple Leafs are on top, man, if they score that win, I mean, the game's tied. It's down to the last run. Man, some of you would get off of your feet. You'd be shouting to high heavens if they won the championship. You, man, if your favorite team wins, the Blue Jays, if they ever win a World Series, some of you would take a lap around your living room. Well, I'm going to tell you, why don't we take a lap for Jesus sometime? Why don't we shout about him? We're shouting for a bunch of millionaires 
cares who couldn't give a rip whether we fell off the face of the earth our family could fall apart they wouldn't care one bit our children could go to the devil they wouldn't care one bit we can lose our house lose our families lose our health none of them will visit us and yet we have a savior that cares all about us he cares about your family he cares about your home he's blessed you beyond what your wildest dreams could imagine tonight and we never shout for him and give him glory you say, will I ever shout? Some of you are going to wait too long to get used to shout. But look at this Bible verse when you get home. The saints in glory will shout upon their beds. Some of y'all are going to shout one day. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not waiting to shout because I'm already on the winning team. And the reason why some of us don't shout is because we think we're losers. But the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors, brother. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. You ought to walk around with a, with a pep in your step. And you ought to walk around with an encouragement in your heart and a shout on your tongue. That once in a while when somebody starts singing about Jesus, when that choir starts singing about that man of sorrows, you say, I know who they're talking about. When they say what a beautiful name it is, what a powerful name it is, I know who they're talking about. When they sing about his blood, when they sing about his glory, when they sing about his salvation, I know exactly who they're talking about. And I'm willing to shout about it. But not only that, not only should we get saved, not only should our response be the shout, but sometimes our response ought to be just to sit still. Just sit still. Say, you don't want us to shout? Oh, I want you to shout. But sometimes we just got to sit still and enjoy his glory. Just sit still. He said this. Be still and know that I am God. And what Jesus ought to do for us when we hear him preached about and what he's sung about. And I like shouting about him with the best of them. I love old time Southern camp meetings more than anybody else. But I love it when I'm riding along in my car. And I'm just listening to some good music. We were, we were going down the road the other day and somebody got to singing about Lodi Bar. I remember Lodi Bar. And I got to thinking about when I first walked into the church, I had on a bunch, I had on some sweatpants and I had on a little tank top and some gym shoes. I didn't know anything about going to church. I didn't know what decent church wear was. I just knew that's where I think the Lord is and where his Bible is going to be preaching. And I remember walking in there and I remember the difference that Jesus began to make in my life and he saved my soul and he gave me a new hope and he gave me some new friends and he gave me new family. And it gave me a new song to sing. The songs I used to sing used to have no hope. They had nothing for me. They had nothing to do with my future. All they told me was free love, free sex, free morality, do what you want to do. But now all of a sudden I'm singing songs about Jesus Christ and what he can do in my life. And all of a sudden I went from the rock stage to rock of ages, clap for me. I went down from that mire and God put me in the choir. I came from the guttermost and he put me up with the uttermost. Now the Bible says in Psalm chapter number eight, my heart, I stand in awe. Stand in awe. Psalm chapter 119, he said this, my heart standeth in awe of thy word. You know what I think? I think we're going to get to heaven and we're going to we're gonna have to spend the first thousand years teaching people how to worship. 
You know what worship is? We, we say it all the time, and we, I heard, man, we heard a marvelous message on worship at a men's meeting where we sang at. Mar- we, we think, a lot of times we think we worship God here. You know, worship is mostly a private thing in scripture. You'll find some times where they worship publicly, but you'll find a whole lot of time when they just, they just, they just went and just worshiped him. You know, what would do you well sometime, mom and dad, shut the TV off and shut the radio off and start thinking on Jesus and start worshiping him. You know, you don't have to wait till next Sunday morning to worship him. That's right. That's right. There ought to be be something about him that drives us to our knees again. There ought to be something about him that, I mean, just makes me want to fall on our face every once in a while. And just start to thank him when we remember all that he is. Man, I start thinking about what he, the representations of him in the Old Testament. And I'm like, God, you set this all up. You set this up thousands of years before he was ever born. You told us where he was going to be born. You told us how he was going to be born. You told us the city he was going to be born in. You told us who, whose lineage he was going to be born of. You told us how he was going to grow up. You told us how he was going to be mocked and betrayed. You told us even how he was going to be loved. You told us that the son of righteousness was going to rise with healing in his wings. You gave us example after example and after example in the Old Testament. Wow, what a God. When was the last time you were in awe of him? We're so impressed with somebody that can toss a hockey through a puck or throw a basketball through a hoop. But I've got a savior. I've got a savior. Boy, we can look at this quartet. I've got a savior who can take a bartender and make him a gospel music singer and a Christian school teacher. I've got a savior who can take an old drunk steeped in false religion, generations of false religion with no hope. And he saved his soul. And not only did he save him and deliver him from alcohol, he's allowing him to touch the lives of other alcoholics and dope addicts. I've got a savior, hey, that didn't have to go out, that can take a young man who didn't have to go out and live in the world and get some big testimony, but he can live for Jesus with just as much passion as his daddy who was an old drunk can. That's what Jesus can do tonight. Jesus can take a little boy born of a little 15-year-old mother in the murder capital of the United States at the time in Gary, Indiana, and have him not know who his daddy is tonight and have him not know, it, 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 not know Jesus anywhere in his life. Nobody to lift up God. Bunch of dope addicts and dope pushers around him. Bunch of car thieves and wife thieves and everything else around him. And God can allow him to preach revivals for his glory and sing for his. That's what Jesus can do. And when I think about all the he does it makes me just sit down and begin to worship him again when was the last time that you took some time to meditate upon the Lord and boy I, I was listening to the song the other day there's strength in knowing you are near me 
I remember we used to sing this when I was, I used to have this tape. Somebody gave me a tape. The young people don't even know what that is. It's a little square thing with a, I, I don't even know how to describe it anymore to them. It used to be an old song on there. When I am alone with Jesus in the choir where no one sees us or when he is with me on life's way. If I speak, I know he'll hear me and to know that he is near me always brings to me 10,000 joys. 10,000 joys. Sweet son of God, you came to. And man, I'm, there's some, there's just times where I'm just, you're just quiet. And you're just still. I believe one of the biggest reasons why our teenagers and young people are not serving God, and yea, even adults, is because we have so much noise in our lives. We have so much noise distracting us from the still, small voice of Jesus Christ. And we've got our cell phones, and we've got our internet, and we've got our gaming, and we've got our careers, and we've got our friends that we got to keep up with, and we now have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, 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 Snapchat, Google Plus, we used to have that, Ning. I mean, there's so much going on today, and there's, everything seems like it's getting turned up on high volume. And there's a still small voice of Jesus still calling you to a place of worship. When's the last time you just sat still and knew that he was God? Honestly, I believe that's true revival happens. When we turn everything down, we sit still. We say, speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. Oh, Oh, you wanted me to take that out of my life? Did you hear everything he was? Did you hear everything he was? And all he's asking me to get rid of that junk? Yeah, yeah, right. All he's asking is to change a few habits in my life. Did did you hear everything that he was? Did you hear everything that he did for them and for me and for you? Did you hear about that? Because I believe the last response Not only get saved if you're not saved in here tonight. Not only shout, not only be still. But I believe it's going to be service to him. Service to him. If he's so great, when was the last time we told anybody about him? I got friends all the time on social media. You, 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 talk, you haven't talked to them in, in 20 years, some of them. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they reconnect with you on, on social media. And the next post out of their mouth is, hey, I've got this multi-level marketing scheme. Would you like to join it? I got this really good deal. You know what? I want to be the type of Christian, Brother Fury, that when I reconnect with some of my older friends, I say, man, I got this really good savior. Mm-hmm. Amen. We were talking this afternoon. Now he got to preach the funeral of a young man he went to school with. And you know what? Those of us that want revival, we look at it as an opportunity to share Jesus. Yes. 
We look at it as an opportunity to share Jesus. You know why? Because we've been looking at him a whole lot. And man, I'm just looking for ways I can serve him. I'm just looking for opportunities to soul win on his behalf. I'm looking for an opportunity to show somebody kindness on Jesus' behalf. You know what Jesus said, sir? If you give a cold drink of water away in his name, he won't forget that. We're going to get to heaven one day and Jesus is going to say, and we're, Jesus is going to say, man, thank you for visiting me in jail. Thank you for giving me that drink of water. Thank you for giving me some clothes. Thank you for giving me that meal. And people, the Bible even said, I believe it's Matthew chapter 24. And people are going to say, when did we do those things for you, Jesus? Ah, when you did it to the least of my brethren, you did it unto me. You know, if you want to, you can sit all day and talk about how great Jesus is. But if you don't ever serve him, I don't think he's that great to you. Because when I was on a great team and I wanted to wear that team uniform. What about your service? Hey, young man, maybe there's a young man tonight God is calling into the service of the gospel. Maybe there's a middle-aged man God is calling into the service of the gospel tonight. Our pastor said this, when he made the decision to serve the Lord, he got saved at 16 years old at our church. He got saved and he was going to make the decision to go to the Christian school or not. And here was, here was, here was the deciding factor of our pastor. He, he, as of this week, he has been pastoring for 27 years, our church, church he was saved in, 27 years. I got saved on his one year anniversary. You know what the deciding factor was, ma'am, sir? He said this when he was 17. His senior, he had a half a semester to go in his senior year of high school. And he knew that if he went to the Christian school, he would lose all of his credits and have to go to a complete another year before he could graduate. But he said this. He said, there's a man up there every Sunday that preaches about Jesus. And if he is everything he says he is, I would be a fool not to serve him with my life. And there needs to be some people that shouted or were still and reverent when I was preaching a while ago that say, Jesus, I surrender all to you. I'm I'm all in for Jesus. There needs to be some of you that are not tithing right now. If he is all that he claims to be, man, it's nothing to open up that wallet and say, are you kidding me? Jesus needs some buses. Jesus needs somebody to go pick somebody up. I'll do it. Jesus needs, somebody needs grocery over there. Jesus, you need me to, okay, I'll do it, Jesus. Jesus, you need me to go to a hospital or nursing home and pray with somebody? You got it, because I believe you are worthy. And I'm not waiting till I get to heaven to fall down with millions of others. I'm going to do it right now. Whether anybody else in this room does or not, I'm worshiping him. Whether anybody in this room does it or not, I'm shouting about him. Whether anybody does it or not, I'm telling others about him, and I'm going to work for him. And as long as God gives me breath in my body, I'm going to give it back to him to serve him because he is worthy. Whom do men say that I am? Some say you're John the Baptist. Some Elijah. Some one of the other prophets resurrected. No, no, no. Those of you that have been hanging around me, that know me intimately, who do you say that I am? 
Ah, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So church tonight, fellow churches, who you determine he is right now in your heart will determine your response to this message. If you're not saved, the Bible says he's ready to forgive. He's ready. Come tonight. He will save you. He will abundantly pardon you. Maybe some of you tonight on that second point need to say, I'm going to stop being offended when somebody shouts about him. I'm going to stop being offended because somebody, I would that men would pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or malice, praying in the Holy Ghost. Lifting hands is a spiritual thing. It is a biblical thing. I'm going to stop being offended when somebody gets more, you know what a fanatic is? Somebody that's a little more excited about Jesus than you are. Well, you you don't offend me getting excited about Jesus. And for those of you that maybe do have some shout, Get alone somewhere more and more and turn everything in your life. Say, oh, God, teach you to be still. And let's do something for him. Father, we pray tonight. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you are. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Lord, as we sang about him. He is the great emancipator. You are everything you said you would be. And Lord Jesus, I can't, I can't imagine the day that comes when I'm going to be able to worship you and, and I'm going to be able to see your face for the first time. I've sung about you for a long time. I've preached about you for over 20 years. I've written songs about you for the last 15 to 20 years. I have told others about you. I've led them to you. I have tried to worship you. I have tried to serve you as best I could. I have told young people and taught them in Christian schools about you. I have testified of you during testimony times. I have spoken of you to people that were ready. I've sung about you to people that were ready to cross over and about them meeting you in glory someday. I have lifted you up. I have boasted on you on social media. I have bragged about you on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter about what you've done. I've testified before others of other religions how the hand of our Lord has blessed me. And God, I want it to be so sweet the day that I worship you in person sin what a day that'll be but until then God may we continue to magnify you and lift you up and serve you in ways that we never have before Lord maybe you're calling a young man or a middle-aged man or an older man to your service tonight Lord may they see you as worthy tonight may they see you as worthy You're worthy of our tithe. You're worthy of missions. You're worthy of soul winning. You're worthy of the Thursday night and teaching these boys and girls. God, help more to get involved because you're worthy. I pray somebody would start tithing tonight because you're worthy. I pray somebody would show up Saturday for soul winning because you're worthy and visitation because you're worthy. I pray there'd be people surrendering right now to be a Sunday school teacher because you're worthy. I know they're scared, but you're worthy. I know they don't, some of them won't surrender life. I know they're worried about their career and their money and their house, but God help them to see that you are worthy tonight. Help us to respond whatever way you would have us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand tonight, heads bowed and eyes closed. Altars open if God has spoke to your heart. They just come down and praise him.
Thank him. Glorify him. Maybe this one here today doesn't know Christ. We can help you. We're going to show you what a Bible says about having eternal life through Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Let us help you tonight. Nobody's looking around. We're not going to embarrass you. So one said, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm not sure I'm saved. If I were to die tonight, I don't know where I'd go. Just slip up your hand. Sir one, let us help you tonight. Sir one. Jesus is all the world to me. 624. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. He is 
amen. We're so glad that you came tonight. I hope that you'll come again tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Please pray for us. I know we have friends here from other churches, and I know you have prayer meeting tomorrow night. And I'm sure your preacher would be fine if you came here. You'd be fine with that. Amen. Brother Bauckham, no. <laughs> Brother Bauckham, would you close our service in a word of prayer tonight, please? Our Father, we're glad to be saved. Thank you for coming to our way. Yes. Thank you for being so kind and merciful to us. Well, we heard thy word, thy servant tonight. We felt the spirit of the Lord. Pray that you'll continue, Lord, with us. Thank you for all you're doing. Bless the dear folks who will go home, keep them safe. Place us wherever he is tonight. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. In his precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Just make sure you stop by the table if you'd like some music.